Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Today in the Word of the Lord, as you remain standing with me for just a moment, we're reading from the book of Psalms, chapter 20, the 20th chapter of the book of Psalms. We're going to read a few verses there today in your hearing from Psalms chapter 20. And we're going to begin with verse number 1. Psalms chapter 20, verse number 1. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Verse number 5. We will rejoice in thy salvation. And the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Verse number 7, the psalmist writes, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I preach today from this subject, the name unfurled. The name unfurled. Unfurled. Would you ask the Lord to help us now all across this building? Jesus, I'm asking you, Lord, for the help of the Holy Ghost in the next few moments. Dear God, in the imparting God of the word of life, let it be, dear God, life and liberty. Let it be help and strength. Let it, dear God, touch our hearts in a great and a powerful way and help us, dear God, to respond to it today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Would you lift your hands and voices to the Lord one more time? And can we make a joyful sound of praise to the Lord all over the building? Can we do it together now unto the Lord? I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Can we just lift it a little higher? Just a little higher to Him. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And you may be seated. God bless you. The 20th chapter of the book of Psalms presents to us a scene of preparation. It's a preparation for an epic battle that is about to transpire. This battle is of great consequences for at the very heart of the battle that is about to happen in this 20th chapter of the book of Psalms, the life of the king, the well-being of the king, as well as the kingdom is at stake. You look at verse number 6, you realize the The whole focal point of this battle is concerning the Lord's anointed. And that in this ensuing battle that is to take place, the position of the king, the Lord's anointed, needs to be saved. Saved from ruin, saved from destruction, saved from harm. Everything is weighing in the balances here. An entire kingdom. The very kingship that sustains that kingdom is indeed weighing in balances. This this 
chapter does not reveal to us the, the vastness of the enemy that is here, only the consequences of the battle that is at hand, but no doubt there may have been an army or even armies that was recorded by the prophetic voice of John in the book of Revelation when he said armies have gathered to make war against the king and no doubt they were feeling that same force of of uh, of 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 the armies against them as this this king and the kingdom weighed in balance when you read the 20th chapter of the book of Psalms through the 22nd chapter of the book of Psalms, it is indeed a messianic psalm. The whole content of those three chapters has to do with a prophetic voice about the Messiah, the Lord's anointed who shall reign. But it was more than just a prophecy of that which would come. It served as very real-time events. Events that David was experiencing at the moment. It was his kingship and his kingdom that was here at stake. And there is emotion involved. There is there's feelings that is at uh, is rising to the surface. You read it in Psalms chapter 22, verse number one. It's a prophetic verse concerning the words of the upon the cross but it is the words of David feeling the weight of this battle and the the what is at stake the king and the kingdom as he says my God my God why hast thou forsaken me and why aren't thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring this consequential battle where everything is hanging in the balances and emotions are stretched to their furthest limits Psalms chapter 20 and verse number 1 identifies it simply as the day of trouble this battle has brought these unnamed forces and the king and the kingdom is now at stake. And the psalmist says, this is a day of trouble. Understand the prophetic forecast. For when the psalmist looks down through time, he sees the cross and he sees the anguish and the despair. And he sees the shame and he calls it a day of trouble. For it is a day of trouble when angry mobs say, away with him. We have no king but Caesar. It is a day of trouble when he who was known as the Savior looked like hanging on the cross that he himself needed to be saved. It is a day of trouble when it looks like the very kingdom that he came to open. It seems to be hanging in the balances and it looks like it is at certain ruin and it's crumbling by the moment you can say that it's a day of trouble when the very identity Christ himself of that kingdom is now in peril and it looks like there is no way out. Can I say to this great congregation on this Sunday morning that as we live in this now the 21st century 
that we are facing a very consequential battle where the kingdom of God, the kingdom of righteousness, seems to be weighing in the balances. And it would appear that things are not as stable as we would like for them to be. And when we look at the church and we look at the kingdom of God and its role in this present world, we see that the armies of this world has come out against the king and against the kingdom. We can say with the psalmist from Psalms chapter 2 that the heathen indeed is raging and the kings of the earth have indeed taken counsel against his anointed saying let us break their bands asunder and let us cast away their cords from us. So as we look at this present moment and the assault on the kingdom of God and the assault on right and the assault on everything godly and holy and we see this assault come against the church we can say that this is a day of trouble we might as well not put our head in the sand and act as if we are not in a war because we are in a war we, may not, we might as well not to turn a blind eye to the fact that we are in a battle because indeed we are in a battle. And it is a battle for the very life, the very strength, the very soul of the kingdom of God and of the church. It is a day of trouble. For it is a day of trouble when the church as an institution can no longer declare moral absolutes that is a day of trouble. It is a day of trouble when the sanctity of marriage is taken away from our nation and discarded. It is a day of trouble when a child, it is now being proposed that an early grade of third grade can now decide what gender he would like to, he or she would like to be. We are in a day of trouble. We are in a day of trouble when homosexuality and lesbianism are touted as God-given natures. We are in a day of trouble. We are in a day of trouble when there is a famine for the hearing of the Word of God. And we are in a day of trouble when the landmarks of societal morality has been moved and evil is called good and good is called evil. It is a day of trouble. Now can I just pause to say to you that we could continue our list and it would be quite long and we could bring in the headlines to back it up and we could be in all of the internet documentation to show you that we are being assaulted on the left and we are being assaulted on the right and the church as we know it seems to be hanging in the balance and there can be a certain foreboding that comes upon us a certain feeling of hopelessness a certain feeling of desperation as we look at the king and the kingdom and we wonder if it will ever survive and will it 
ever pull out and will it ever rise to the top and some have already given up hope and some have already thrown in the towel and some have already decided that the church will never be what she once was and we will never reach the towering heights that God wants us to reach and some have like the nation of Israel decided their king is dead when King Saul laid on the side of the hill after the Philistines have slain him and when Israel realized that he was dead they packed up their tents and they went back home and said there's no point in fighting because our king is dead and the prophetic voice of Zechariah says smite the shepherd and the sheep are going to scatter but can I tell you on this Sunday morning that our king is not in danger and our kingdom is not about to fall and this is not a time to have hopelessness and this is not a time to throw in the towel and this is not a time to quit this is not a time to raise our hands and surrender but it's time to raise our voices and shout that our king is alive and well oh I wish somebody would declare it here today yeah I know it looks like with the naked eye that the king is at stake. And I realize it looks like with the naked eye that the kingdom looks like it might shake a little bit. And I realize it looks like it's all looks and appears to us like it's going to fall in. But can I say to you whether there are deadly plagues or not and whether there's terror by night or not and there may be destruction at noonday and a thousand and even ten thousand can fall at our side. We must not lose our confidence in our king and our kingdom. I wish I could preach a little bit this morning and tell you it's time to put our hope back in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it's time to put our hope back in the kingdom of God for it shall. I think I hear something coming from the King Himself that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not shall not shall not prevail against it I know it's a day of trouble but the king shall rise I know it's a day of trouble but the kingdom is going to rise in victory yeah can I tell you here today that we got a prophetic voice all the way from the book of Isaiah chapter 9 that of his government and peace there shall be no end. So don't let the newspapers write off the kingdom and don't let the political forces write off the king and don't let the educational system tell you that it's not going to survive and don't let the gainsayer tell you it's not going to come together because I got a word from God that says of his kingdom and government there shall be no end somebody put your hands together would you add your voice with your applause and would you shout to the Lord here today let me hang with it for just a moment because I want to preach against the spirit of hopelessness 
This spirit that feels like it's all falling in. This spirit that feels like it's all caving in. This spirit that all they can point out is everything that's wrong, but they can't talk about anything that's right. This spirit that points out every fall, fault and blemish. This spirit that points out every wrinkle. This spirit that points out every kind of, of wrong that there might exist. You can operate in that sphere if you want to. I've chosen to say that my king is alive and well, and the kingdom of God shall. I need a little help now right over here on this right-hand side. Anybody in the middle? How about it on this left-hand side? My king, my king shall prevail. Don't you write this thing off. Don't you dare write it off. Don't you dare say that it's falling apart because it's not falling apart. Because what I like from the 20th chapter of the book of Psalms is though it identifies without question that it's a day of trouble. And while it does indeed identify that the Lord's anointed needs to be saved, and while it does indeed identify that this is a battle of consequence, and that the king and kingdom is at stake, There is a rallying cry that comes out of the 20th chapter of the book of Psalms. It's a voice of the people that says our king shall prevail and the kingdom shall arise. Look at Psalms chapter 20 and verse number 1. It's the voice of the people speaking now to their king. They're letting him know they're on his side. They're letting him know that they're not about to pick up arms and flee. That they're not about to run somewhere else. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. And the name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Hear me. Psalms chapter 20 is a battle cry that says we shall prevail through the name of our God. We shall overcome. He said, now listen, I want the name of the God of Jacob to defend you. The name of the God, the name of the God. For the name in the Old Testament was a name that identified the characteristics, the attributes, the identity of everything that God was and is. Everything that He possessed. When they call Him El Shaddai, they're saying He's Almighty. When they call Him El Hai, they're saying He's a living God. When they called Him Jehovah, they're saying He's a redemptive God. Said we want the name of God to defend us. In other words, these people as they looked at their king, they said, I tell you what, we want everything that is of God. Everything that represents God. We want it to come to bear all of His might, all of His force, all of His nature. We want it to come to bear upon this situation. I believe it's time for somebody to raise the banner of the name of Jesus Christ and say we want everything that God is. We want everything that God is. Everything that He possesses, everything that's resident within Him to come to bear upon this battle and struggle that we are in. He said, now watch. The name of the God of Jacob shall defend thee. 
I like it. Because that word defend is not just a word that says he's going to fight for me. That word defend is a word that literally means he's going to bring me into a place of safety. He's going to bring me into a pavilion. He's going to keep anything from coming near me. So when I call on the name of God, I'm calling for all the force that he is. All his nature, all his attributes, all his characteristics, everything that's resident in God to come to bear and to defend me as if to take me away to a place of safety, to a place where the battle cannot touch me, where harm cannot come to me. Has anybody ever heard it before that the name of the Lord is a strong and the righteous runneth into it and they are they are I said they are there's no question about our safety in this 21st century battle there is no question about whether we're coming out of this thing or not because the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into I said you run into it and you are your home's going to be safe your family's going to be safe your kids are going to be safe your marriage is going to be safe because I'm in the name Somebody clap your hands and just shout a little bit. Oh, somebody shout that name. Somebody shout that name. Can I get a rally cry out of the congregation today? Somebody shout that name. It's a day of trouble, but I know the name. It's a day of trouble, but I know the name. Name. Now watch, watch. He said, the name of the God of Jacob shall defend thee. Jacob was a transgressor that wrestled with God at the brookside. And God took him and changed him from Jacob to Israel. That is a prince that has power with God and has prevailed. Can I say to you today that your past is not going to hinder what God can do in this last hour because He put His name on you in the waters of baptism and you've already prevailed over the enemy. Now all you need to do is stand up and say in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against you in the name of Jesus that has already washed away my sins, that has already cleansed me from my past. The name of the God of Jacob shall defend thee. Understand, we have no other defense. We've got nothing else to turn to in this day of trouble but the name. We've got nothing else to put our confidence in. Oh, I wish somebody could hear me now. We've got no, I know, I understand. Okay, okay, catch me on my English. We got no. All right, just catch me a little bit. That's for all of you English, English majors out there that think I don't know how to talk right. And just letting you know I know how to talk right. You know. But I want you to understand, we, 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 live, we live in this educated world. We live in this, uh, this, this advanced society where we have such a claim to vast knowledge and vast, uh, 
vast experience and and we 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 know things we've never known before and we have a tendency to kind of lean on ourselves we have a tendency to kind of put a little trust in ourselves can i tell you in the battle that we're in right now your education ain't going to help you I ain't putting down. I said it again. I'll say it again. I ain't putting you down. I'm not putting your education down. I'm not, I'm not putting your degree down, but your education isn't going to help you in this battle. All your knowledge isn't going to help you in this battle. All your experience and expertise is not going to help you in this struggle. I'll tell you what's going to help you. Look at verse number 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Come on, the only way we're going to prevail is somebody has got to get a fresh commitment to the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, Daddy. Come on, Mama. If you're going to win in that battle in that house, you've got to get a fresh commitment to the name. Walk through that home calling on the name. Walk through that living room calling on the name. Walk around that house calling on that name. Nothing else is going to help you. You've got to have a name to help you. You know, there's just some things. There's just some things. You've got to... You gotta reject. You just gotta reject it. You gotta become like David when he was to face the giant and Saul offered to him his armor. And David put it all on. Got himself all suited up. And he looked at Saul and said, I cannot go with these. I've got a battle to fight, but I can't do it in this. I got a battle to win and I can't do it in this. Somebody needs to declare on this Sunday morning, I cannot go with human wisdom. I cannot go with fleshly talent. I cannot go with physical strength. I cannot go with carnal reasoning. I've got a battle to win. I've got a giant to take down. A kingdom needs to be preserved needs to be elevated and I just can't go with the weaponry of this world and this earthly time that I live in. I need something more and when David walked out on the battlefield it looked like he was naked in front of his enemy but he was not naked. He had an armor that the enemy knew nothing about for he said you come against me with sword and shield but I come against you in the name I was offered an armor but I knew it wouldn't work I was offered another way out but I knew I couldn't win I've only got one thing I can win by and that's in the name of Jesus Christ come on somebody put your foot on the battlefield Come on, somebody put your foot on the battlefield. It's time to quit hiding in the caves and the dens. It's time to quit hiding in the forest. It's time to quit hiding somewhere behind a rock. Somebody put your foot on the battlefield and say, I've got an armor that you don't know anything about. I've got the name of my God, and I shall. I shall. Somebody say, I shall. Somebody say, I shall. Somebody say, I shall. I shall prevail. I shall prevail. The name. The name. 
the name, the name. Now, this is what Psalms chapter 20 declares. It is a day of trouble. It is a day of trouble. And the king and the kingdom does weigh in balance. This is an epic battle. It's a battle of consequences. We don't minimize the consequences. We understand, though, that we need not to be forlorn. That we need not to be desperate and hopeless. That we have at our disposal something to fight this enemy with. So the psalmist says it like this. In Psalms chapter 20 and verse number 5. He said, in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. We will set up our banners. In other words, he said, the name of our God is like, I was in the party store last night late trying to find me a prop and I couldn't find what I wanted. So we'll just do it this way. He said, the name of our God is like a flag. It's all rolled up. And he said, you can keep it rolled up if you want to. He said, but it's time to unfurl the name. And he said, it's time to start waving it like a banner and like a flag. He said, it's time to keep, not let it be hidden. Not let it kind of be tucked away somewhere. Wrapped up, kind of ensconced a little bit. Just kind of put away on the shelf. Some things have got to be used. Some things have got, you got you to get it out and use it. I've got a hammer in my, in my tool collection that it don't ever drive nails. I got a saw in my tool collection that it don't ever cut lumber. I've got, I've got some other items and other tools that it don't ever touch a piece of wood. My house, this house, or anybody's house, because it has significance, it has value to me. That hammer belonged to my grandfather that was a contractor, that belonged to my daddy that remodeled church after church after church, and I stood beside of him and watched him remodel the churches with that hammer. I got a hatchet. You wouldn't want to use it because it's too dangerous to use. The head don't hang on it. I know when I was eight years old, it came flying off that handle and just kind of just went right past my head when dad was trying to drive a concrete nail into a block wall in an office he was trying to build but that hatchet it don't get used anymore it's got value and it's got significance because it reminds me of my heritage and it reminds a family and it's a, it's dear to me so he's just going to lay in the toolbox and I'm going to put it up and some of us are doing the name kind of like that we got the name kind of tucked away in the mantle place of the church and we got the name kind of tucked away in the soft pews of the church and we got the name kind of tucked away in our little songs that we sing and we got the name kind of tucked away somewhere in our preaching and we kind of put it a little bit every now and then in a prayer and we got it tucked here and we got it tucked there because we got a lot of memory about that name. Can I tell you it's time to get it off the mantle and it's time to get it off the pew and it's time to get it out of the song and it's time to get it out of the sermon and it's time to unfurl it on the battlefield and wave it high in the name of the Lord Jesus.
I wish I had a little help now in this house. Come on, Daddy. It's time to get the name just out of your doctrine. It's time to get the name just off of your lips. And it's time to get the name on a banner. You ought to wave it over trouble. You ought to wave it over discouragement. You ought to wave it over depression. You ought to wave it over despondency. In the name. I wish I had an apostolic church on this Sunday morning that understood this battle has consequences. This battle has consequences. And the only way we shall prevail is in the name. Come on. Is there any hankies left in an apostolic church? Is there any hankies left in an apostolic church? I wonder if anybody's got something you can just kind of unfurl a little bit. Somebody ought to unfurl the name. You ought to wave it just a little bit. Hallelujah. Over my sickness, over my difficulty, over my financial crisis, I wave the name. Stand with me this morning. In the book of Exodus, it was the very first battle that Israel fought against the Amalekites. And Joshua is leading that battle. And Moses and Joshua, or Aaron and her, have gone to a mountain overlooking the valley of the battle. And Moses stands on that mountain with his hands raised to the heavens. And when he couldn't hold him any longer, Aaron and Hur got on either side of him and held his hands up. And as long as Moses' hands were up, they prevailed in the battle. Now what's important to know is this, is that when you read in the book of Numbers chapter 2, you read that every tribe of the nation of Israel had its own insignia that flew above it. It had its own standard that when they marched, they marched under the banner of that standard. It identified that tribe. Every tribe had a different insignia. It had a different banner. It had a different standard that it marched under. And here they are now out here on the battlefield, all these tribes. They're fighting against the Amalekites. And when they came to the end of that battle in Exodus chapter 17 and verse number 15, Moses built an altar and he called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. He said, I want you to know something. He said, the name is my banner. Jehovah is my banner. He was serving notice on the enemy of that day. He said, you thought you were fighting 12 individual tribes all flying under their own banner. 
He said, but on the battlefield, there are not 12 tribes under 12 different standards. But on the battlefield, they are one nation under one flag. The name. Oh, I wish I could preach like I feel like right now. I wish I could do it because the devil, the devil would like to fracture us. He'd like to divide us. He'd like to separate us. And he'd like us to fly under our own little flag, our own little banner. This group and this group and that group and that group and that group and this click and this click and that click and that little group over there and that little group over there and he'd like for us to imagine that we're all just a bunch of fractured people but I think we need to serve notice on the devil on this Sunday morning we are one people we have been baptized by one spirit into one body we have one name that is upon us and it's the name of Jesus and the devil's not fighting a fractured group and he's not fighting a splintered group he's fighting a group that's got one flag and the name of Jesus Ah, come on I wish I had a little help right now can the left can you raise your flag how about it in the middle can you raise Anybody on this left-hand side? What, What is it? Isaiah 11 and 10 says, And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand as an ensign of the people. He said that root of Jesse is going to stand. It's going to stand as representative. It's going to be an insignia of the nation. Can I tell you that when the devil looks at the army of the church, he sees what the voice of Song of Solomon saw in the bride. For when he looked at his bride in Song of Solomon chapter 6 and verse number 10, he said, when I look at that bride, that's a type of the church, he said, when I look at her, she's as terrible an army with banners. Can I tell you what the devil sees when he sees the church of the living God? He sees an army that appears terrible, vicious, that forceful, and it's with banners. The banner of the name of Jesus Christ. Because devil, when you come against us, you're not just fighting our king, you're fighting every one of us. And when you fight our kingdom, you're not just fighting a a little entity, you're fighting every one of us. When you fight against my brother, you're not just fighting him, you're fighting me. When you fight my sister, you're not just fighting her, you're fighting me. Because we're one army. I said we're one army under one banner. The name of Jesus. Somebody raise your banner. Would you wave it to the Lord? And would you shout? You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. 
For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.